0: Welcome to the Wealth and Wellness Podcast with me, Kaylee Boisvert. I specialize in helping people to achieve their financial goals. I have a love for all things numbers, and I am passionate about financial literacy. My goal is to spark healthy and positive conversations around wealth and investment, and create a world where nobody is limited by their financial situation. But wealth is just one piece in the equation of living our best lives. So join me as we explore both wealth and wellness topics. From your net worth to your self-worth, get ready to take confident action. Hello, this is Kaylee and thank you so much for listening into this episode of the Wealth and Wellness Podcast. I'm excited for our special guest today. We're talking very wellness and health focused. Um, So yes, very excited. I think this is an important conversation to be having. And we are lucky to have a new um, author as well. So on on our podcast today is Emily Goldmears. She is the author of Optimizing Your Health, an Approachable Guide to Reducing Your Risk of Chronic Disease. And that book is just out now. She let me know it came out last week, so this is exciting. Um, brand new book, and we can chat a lot about your book and and what's in there, and I guess kind of the concepts in general, and a little bit more about Emily and her background, um, which is very interesting. Is prior to doing this work and um, writing her book, she was a practicing lawyer and she moved into the area of research analysis in science and medicine. She is a citizen scientist, a biohacker, and health and science advocate and activist. Her research is focused on the intersection of functional medicine and allopathic medicine and the critical requirement for all individuals to become their own healthcare advocate. Um, So I love that because this podcast is all about you know, empowering our listeners and, and, and f- having you feel empowered, whether it is with your wealth, with your wellness, um, with your health. So I, I think that that's such a perfect fit. And I'm really excited to have you on, Emily. So just to get started, do you want to share a little bit about what brought you to do the work that you do today?
1: Certainly. So I have always loved science. As you mentioned, I used to be a lawyer, which I did not love, but I always loved science and was always curious about health and wellness and would research from time to time. But when my father became ill about five or six years ago, he had vascular dementia, and it was really devastating for me to watch him decline. And I learned that 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 disease is increasing in numbers exponentially. And I watched how his care was managed, and I was appalled because it was strictly pharmaceuticals. There was almost nothing useful that they could do for the, for him or did. And a lot of the drugs that they were giving him worked at cross purposes. And I was scratching my head the whole time thinking there must be a better way. So I increased my research in an attempt to find something, anything that I could learn that could either help him or slow the progression of his disease. And it was quite grim what I learned. What I learned is that despite billions of dollars allocated toward research in the neurodegenerative disease space and brilliant scientists devoting their lives to this area, there has been no meaningful progress. And I found that quite disconcerting. So I shifted a little bit to chronic disease avoidance because in my opinion, that's what's going to get most of us. And the allopathic or conventional healthcare system is not well equipped to deal with that. If you're in a car accident, if you break a bone, if you have an acute infection, you want to go to the conventional healthcare system because they're well equipped to deal with that efficiently. But they are not dealing with these chronic diseases that are affecting most of us. So I thought there must be a better way. And I learned so many interesting things that I thought I need to share this. And a lot of the things that I learned are either low cost or even free that people can do to adjust their lifestyle, to modify their risks and postpone the onset of these diseases. And because of the low cost or free nature of them, there's not a lot of financial incentive for the business community to promote many of these lifestyle adjustments. So I thought, all right, I'm going to put them in a book. And let people know that you can take charge, and there are things that you can do.
0: I love that. Like again, that is so empowering hearing that. And and you know, sorry to hear what you went through, obviously with your father, but how that sort of brought all this other stuff about, and and now you've created something, a gift for other people to kind of, you know, hopefully uh, have strategies and, and things that they can implement in their own lives to to make sure that you know that some of these chronic illnesses, like you're saying, is there a way we can adjust our lifestyles that we can push it down further or maybe avoid them altogether? I guess I would hope avoid them altogether would be the better option. Um, I love that. So what do you think are, like you said, chronic disease, that's probably going to get, you know, a, a lot of us or most of us, what do you think are like the biggest health and wellness challenges that people are experiencing right now? Is it that, um, and, and what does that look like? I guess. So I think a lot of people, they don't feel as well as they could feel.
1: And what's interesting is you kind of adjust to a mid-level malaise. You know, As we age, things don't work as well and you just don't have as much energy and you're more tired than you used to be and healing takes longer, but you kind of accept it. And some of these things you, do, you don't need to accept. I think a lot of people are tired. A lot of people have gut issues their energy levels aren't where they should be and these are all things that can be improved yeah
0: yeah um what do you think with like when we think about some of those top issues so like Um, can you give maybe a few ideas or pointers for people if it happens to be gut issues? Like how can we identify it? How can we even be aware? Um, like you said, I guess sometimes we just adapt and think, oh, this is the way it is. (laughs) I guess it's the way it's always going to be. Um, is there things we can look out for, I guess, where we know that maybe, you know, things could be better? Well, I
1: think that you'll know. I mean, if you are feeling more tired than you're used to, if your sleep is not as efficient as it used to be, if you're bloated, if you have headaches, I mean, what's remarkable is how many things are connected to gut dysfunction. And most of us have some level of gut dysfunction. It's part of what happens as you age and our food supply is terribly tainted. And our lifestyle habits aren't as good as they should be And I think the gut is the first place to go to try to optimize. And the way you can do that, first of all, I have a whole chapter on testing, which I'm a big believer in, that you cannot fix anything that you can't measure. And that applies to so many aspects of life, but particularly with health. If you do testing and there are ways to test the status of your gut, then you can determine how good or bad it is
0: and where you need to work on it. Okay. And then, so that's kind of step one is that having that awareness piece, which is important place to start. And then what are some, what do you find that people, I mean, obviously it's going to be different for everyone, but some of maybe the like lifestyle changes, um, like things that we can do to alter lifestyle choices based on maybe kind of a typically what we're doing now in society maybe it's maybe it's we have a lot of stress or things like that or we're go 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 like and sometimes we're eating on the go and not making the most healthy choices or things like that like is there anything you can kind of see overlapping in that realm of how our how our lives are going about now and and how we can maybe alter some of these lifestyle choices or rethink them even
1: yes definitely one of the main themes in my book Which the conventional healthcare system misses is that we are all individuals. We are very different genetically, biochemically, and physiologically. And the one size fits all protocol, which dominates the healthcare system, is inefficient. And what works for your friend or even your sister or brother may not work for you and may, in fact, be harmful for you. But having said that, you have to get to know yourself, but there are some overarching kind of generic things that people can do. I would start with nutrition. And I I speak from experience having very poor nutritional habits for most of my life and not fully understanding the internal damage that I had been doing. But you have to modify your eating, which means limit or eliminate completely processed foods. If there are a lot of ingredients that are unrecognizable, don't eat them. Try to eat whole food non-processed food, and when you can, organic food. And a lot of people say, well, it's more expensive. And it is true, but you knowing a lot about wealth, I think what applies to so many things, including wellness, is you can pay now or you can pay later. And if you choose to pay later, you almost always pay much, much more. And prevention and some of the lifestyle adjustments may cost a bit upfront, But ultimately, you will be saving money because it is very costly to get sick. So eating is one thing. Optimizing your sleep is another thing. And I go into different action steps in the book. And things that you can do is try to have the same sleep, going to sleep time, as well as the same waking up time, have consistency, sleep in a dark room, a cold room reduce your blue light exposure at night. I have a whole chapter on light and blue light in and of itself is not so bad. It's just the timing of the exposure during the day. Blue light is fine and we need it. At night is when you don't want it because it interferes with your own production of melatonin and can disrupt your sleep. Stress is a huge factor, which is one that I continue to try and improve. It's hard and we have to improve our response to stress because it's unreasonable to think that you can avoid stress. Stress is a factor of life that we cannot avoid, but the goal should be to improve one's response to stress. And whether that's by meditation or by breathing or just reframing the perspective about whatever stressful event occurred, that will go a long way. Um, Let's see, what else? There's so many. I mean, I'm a believer in optimizing hormones. Hormones don't get enough attention as to the effect they have on our lives. Now, as I say all these things, I'm not a medical doctor. So one should always consult their doctor before making any dramatic changes. But um, those are some big things that one can do. Okay. I
0: love it. And it says, so your book um optimizing your health it covers 19 essential topics for people working to avoid um chronic disease to age well and and have that wellness so um 19 topics i mean you don't need to go through them all or anything like that but can you give listeners just an idea of then what what that looks like for if they're interested in in reading further and and getting your book
1: Certainly. Well, it's in fact, 18 topics. My 19th chapter is a resource chapter because I learned a lot of brands and and things like that that are the best. And I thought I would save the reader the trouble of investing, investigating on their own. And I list brands for every single chapter that will save them time. And I start with the oral health because your mouth is the gateway to your digestive health and poor oral health affects your entire body. And I go on to the gut. I talk about the immune system and how it's connected to inflammation. I talk about stress. Another huge factor in our health are toxins. We're all exposed to so many toxins. There's something like 85,000 chemicals that are allowed in the United States, unlike Europe and other areas of the world where they ban a lot of these harmful chemicals, And while we can't eliminate our toxic exposure completely, there are many things that we can do to reduce our exposure, starting with your beauty care products or your home cleaning products, or you get an air filter or a water filter. There are changes that one can make. Um, Let's see, I talk about sleep, how to optimize sleep, nutrition, exercise. We become a very sedentary society and that's not helpful. Even going to the gym for an hour And working out on a regular basis, but then coming home and sitting for eight hours in front of our computers, we're not doing ourselves any favors. You have to be constantly moving, not at an Olympic level, but just movement. You know, if you have to sit at your computer for eight hours a day, every 45 minutes, get up for five or 10 or 15 minutes and walk around. Um, Let's see, what else? Breathing. Breathing is something that we take for granted. You think that it's automatic and to a degree it is automatic, but most of us are doing it incorrectly. A lot of people are breathing through their mouth, which doesn't get sufficient oxygen to their brain. And I talk about how nose breathing is much more efficient and much more health conscious. Um, Let's see light. I go into light. That's something that most people don't consider. And A lot of us are concerned about the environment and climate change. And so we listen to the advice, which is to get LED lights because apparently those are more sustainable and better for our environment. But the fact is, is they're bad for our biology. The LED lights, the spectrum of light is not good for us and that affects us. And there's very little attention paid to that but incandescent lights are far more healthy for our biology. I I can't speak to what they're doing to the environment that's not my jurisdiction, but um, I guess one needs to make a choice there. And I go into hydration, something that we hear a lot about, you have to drink water. It's really important. A lot of times headaches and other feelings of malaise can simply be due to not ingesting sufficient amounts of water. And we've all heard the adage that you should drink eight, 10 ounce glasses of water a day, but that's just sort of a A random number. It depends upon your gender, your height, your weight, how active you are, what climate you live in. But in any event, you should pay attention to that. And I go into fasting. Fasting is becoming quite popular today, but there are many types of fasting and women need to be careful because extreme fasting can affect their hormones in a negative way. And you don't want to do that. So once again, that needs to be done carefully. And I go into genetics, which is a really exciting field, one that I think is going to change medicine. And what that does is it just gives you your disease risk profile. And I also go into epigenetics, which is this emerging field of science that everyone is going to hear more about, which basically says how your environment and your lifestyle will affect the function of your genes. So some people are concerned about getting genetic testing because they fear they don't want to know. But the reality is there's not a lot of single gene diseases, and those are ones that you can't do anything about. Most of the information that you gain from this genetic testing talks about your genetic variations. And they don't give you a guarantee that you will get a disease, but they just show that you may have a slightly higher predisposition or a slightly higher risk profile. And that is good to know because there are so many things that you can do to modify that risk. And then another chapter I have, which is in-depth is supplements because I am a believer in supplements because our soil has been degraded of minerals and vitamins and our food supply is terribly tainted and we're all stressed and on the go. And as we age, we lose certain minerals and enzymes. But once again, I learned the hard way that, one has to be very careful about the supplements they take because everyone and their brother are recommending certain supplements. But the reality is one should, I think that one should never take supplements without testing what their baseline is first because you don't want to be supplementing with a vitamin or a mineral or an essential fatty acid or an amino acid if you have plenty of them. That can throw your balance off, but you want to know where you are deficient. And then on top of that, a lot of these supplements are synergistic that you rarely hear anyone talking about. For instance, during the pandemic, everybody was recommending that we take zinc because zinc is antiviral and that is true. But the reality is zinc is synergistic with copper. And if one takes too much zinc, then they can throw their copper levels off balance and have problems with that. And that's true with magnesium and vitamin D and vitamin A. So we can't just randomly take these supplements without learning about our own system first.
0: And that's usually done by tests, you were saying, right? Like the test would help you get a baseline? Exactly, exactly.
1: And there are many tests. And if your healthcare provider won't provide them, I have a whole chapter on testing. There are many platforms available today where the consumer can go online and they can order a test. And most of them, come with a consultation to discuss and evaluate the results of your test. Oh, okay,
0: perfect. Well, that's helpful. Um, You mentioned at the beginning oral health, I hadn't ever heard that one actually. What is it like, what are we looking for when it comes to oral health?
1: Well, that's where a lot of diseases start, that in the gut, I mean, because what you eat and if you have gingivitis, they found a definite connection between a particular kind of gum disease and neurodegenerative disorder. Alzheimer's and dementia have been connected to something called P. gingivalis, which is a particular kind of gum disease, bacteria that goes from your gum into your bloodstream and crosses the blood brain barrier in your brain. So it's something that you wanna be mindful of. That and the fact that a lot of oral care products contain very harmful ingredients. They have chemicals, a lot of mouthwashes have alcohol. And you don't want to do that because what happens is they kill the good and the bad bacteria. And that will not end up well for you.
0: Interesting. Very interesting. I haven't really even thought about that. So oral health is one of them. I'm intrigued by that one. Um, and it says, so in your book, how it's structured each chapter, you have it ending with like approachable um action steps for people. Um, and that's what you alluded to before, right? You said a lot of these are things we can do right now, not very costly. Um, is there a few you want to share just like off the top of your head, maybe that people could be aware of that they can start doing right now, some of these action steps?
1: Well, for oral health, I mean, I would first look at the ingredients in your toothpaste, your mouthwash, and try to get non-toxic products wherever you can. And that's also true for your beauty care products. It is astonishing how many bad chemicals are in beauty care products. And there are plenty of non-toxic brands that are available. I don't know if they're as effective as the ones filled with chemicals, but long-term, they'll be better for your health. Um, Let me think of some of the others. Um, Light, as I mentioned, I would switch from LED to incandescent. Oh, I didn't mention the cold chapter. The cold chapter is cold thermogenesis. And that talks about a process of heat production, which um, can help you cognitively. It benefits your immune system. And one of the action steps in that is there are people who are more extreme than I am. And they'll go into a cold plunge or an ice bath on a daily basis. That is a little extreme for me, but what I do do is at the end of my shower, I turn a normal temperature shower to very cold for 30 seconds. And it's hard and I don't love it, but you really feel invigorated and it is supposed to have great benefits. So that's a free tip that anybody can do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right it's hard. <laughs> but but I can see how that would ha- like help really wake you up, really refresh you for the day. Yeah.
1: It does. It does. Let's see what else. Um for supplements, I think I have a lot of tips. There are websites that you can go to to check the quality of your supplements because the supplement industry has a very low barrier to entry. So a lot of people are in the supplement business. And While they may begin with good intentions, if they have success, they get bought by big corporations who can change the ingredients. And oftentimes the ingredients, which are listed on the label, don't match the ingredients in the capsule or the tablet. And then additionally, they add binders and excipients and fillers that we just don't need to be ingesting. And there are websites that you can go to, to check the source.
0: Yeah. I had, I went to my naturopath, like um yeah, a while back and he had this big box full of all these different like vitamins and supplements. And I was like, what's that? And he's like, those are all the ones you should not be buying. And I was like, oh my gosh, like so many of the brands that I was using were in that box. So that really shifted for me, like uh, that awareness of, you know, you just look at the label of like what it is, like, oh, this is vitamin D and that's what I'm looking for. But you don't actually look any further, or decide, well, what, uh, you know, who is the provider, what's inside of it. And he kind of pointed all that out to me too. And I was like, oh, that was very eye opening because basically everything I was buying was not. Indeed. Approved.
1: Good. I'm glad that your Nature did that for you because you're right. A lot of us are trusting and we yeah. overlook the very reality that. You don't always get what you buy. So it's unfortunate, but true.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is. And we just have to be that much more mindful now because it is big corporations, big business, profits yeah. to be made. It's um, true. You also say that we have a natural ability to heal. And I love that. Like just remembering. I guess that our bodies are, are created as these, you know, these vessels of where we are able to naturally heal. Like when we get a cut or when we are sick and things like that and how we recover. So is there ways that we can help support that natural ability we already have inside our cells? Like, I think more and more people are becoming aware of this and wanting to look for those natural ways or ways to promote our own body um, to do it's it's function. So anything you want to comment on that, on that natural ability to heal? Well,
1: sleep plays into that quite a bit. It's really important to get good, restful sleep. And years ago, um, everybody thought that it was a badge of honor to sleep only four or six hours. As it turns out, that's not really a good thing to do. There are a few outliers who are genetically predisposed to get by and not have adverse effects from such little sleep but most of us don't fall into that category and if you find that you are you have good sleep REM sleep deep sleep you go through all the different stages of sleep that will help your immune system to heal that and nutrition what we put in our mouth if we're putting healthy whole foods that's going to help us too. Same with toxic exposure, reducing toxic exposure, because if we're trying to heal and we're bombarded by all these toxins, it's going to make it more difficult.
0: Okay. Okay. I love it. Um, And then what about advocating for our own health? Like, I think that's such a big one and and so empowering to think of that we get to step in and and kind of be in that role as well though because we ultimately we know ourselves best and you know you're the you're the person that's with yourself day-to-day so you know what the symptoms and what you're going through and things like that whereas when you go to a doctor you know you only have a few minutes to maybe share what's going on with them so how can we make sure we're advocating um for our health and and really feeling empowered when it comes to our health and our well-being? Well, I do think
1: that's really important. Unfortunately, we cannot hand over our healthcare journey to a doctor or anybody, because as you say, they only have a few minutes. And the reality is we know ourselves better than anybody else. We know how we respond to food, to everything. We know it best. And it's important to do your due diligence, but maybe before you go to the doctor, go with a list of questions. And if there's something that's not going right, you can do basic research to try and understand some of that, but one must always be their own health advocate and not rely
0: on doctors. Yeah. Yeah. We give a lot of power to them and they're, you know, they're very helpful. They do a lot of very good things, but we have to, yeah, we have to step in and and step up and, and, and and help ourselves too because we're kind of like we're with ourselves uh, the, the majority of the time so we have to take that accountability exactly um anything else that we haven't really touched on like your book sounds amazing um I so if listeners want to like it's it's basically like you've done all the research for us and, and put it all together in one spot. So I think that's what sounds really helpful and beneficial for it. That it's like kind of check, check, check all the boxes, um, that your book is sort of all in one, that people can be helped kind of with their overall health, which is pretty exciting. And I think that's a that's a really good concept to have it all in one spot because it can be overwhelming, there's information everywhere coming at us um, so it looks like you've done the work for us and the research and everything um, so where can they find i guess where can they find your book or learn more about you or reach out to you so my book is on amazon
1: it's on barnes and noble wherever books are sold i have a website emilygoldmirrors.com i have an instagram and facebook and linkedin also the same name Emily emilygoldmirrors And what I did do, as you mentioned, is there are many books written on a lot of these topics, sleep and nutrition and supplements and all that. But I figured I happen to love research, but I thought many people don't have the time to do research to the extent that I do. So what I tried to do was read all of those books on all the topics and take the most salient aspects of each topic and then put them in a kind of easy to manage form so that the everyday health consumer can access them.
0: Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So you don't have to get a separate book on nutrition and sleep and that you've brought it all together for us. You've made it easy for us. So there's no excuses now for not being proactive with these things. I hope so. Um, Before we wrap up, is there anything else that you want to say to listeners as you know, a tip or an idea or something for them to consider? um, Yeah, before like kind of overall theme or anything like that that you want to share.
1: I would just say that some of this may seem
0: overwhelming and I'm
1: not suggesting that somebody do everything that's in the book, but start slow and start small. Try one or two things and stick with that for a while. And if you start to feel better, you may be incentivized then to add more things. But the more that you do, the better you will feel. And that is a great motivation to continue down this health journey.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because like we were saying, I think before we started recording, it's just, you know, I talk on the wealth piece and and building your wealth. And I, I plan for people's retirements and their financial freedom. And it's, just, you know, the whole longevity piece. But if you're, if your health isn't there, if you're not, you know, feeling your best self or feeling as good as you can be feeling what's the, like that's then what's the purpose of the money and the wealth and what we're building and what we're goal planning for. Like you need to be at your best self at that point too. So I love that, that um, there's things we can do right now that are going to have a major impact. It's that compounding effect, even with your health.
1: Very true. Very true.
0: I love it. So I'll include um, links in the show notes for everything you mentioned as well. And definitely recommend that people check out your book. Sounds amazing. Um, And you've put a lot of work into all this and and very relevant and things we need to know now. So thank you so much, Emily, for sharing your time and, and coming on the podcast. Thank you, Kaylee. I enjoyed talking with you. Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you everyone for listening in. And I will catch you on next episode. Goodbye for now. I hope you found value in this episode. And because I'm such a proponent of taking confident action, I want to pose a question to you, the listener. What is one action that you feel inspired to take after listening to today's episode? If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. Thank you so much and I will catch you next time.